Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, Blaster fans. Welcome to Who Won the Week, episode 54. Point two fifty-four. The week, a podcast story. A podcast story. Yes, this is our spoiler-filled episode talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We just did an entire spoiler-free episode, so if you've not seen the movie and you want to remain pure, this is your chance. Stop this podcast. Go listen to that one, and then come back to this later on. And if you're just jumping in this now, the quick summary. Aaron and I liked it. Danny didn't. That's right. Go. So there you go. We just saved you 35 minutes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Good way to sell them on the there podcast, yeah, Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Two, two nice guys and then the worst. And then the worst. Yeah. Okay. So Rogue One. I feel like, Danny, we have to let you kick things Let's off. Let's get the big spoiler out of the way. They drink blue milk at the beginning. Yeah, they of this do movie. have. There they is do. a shot that of focuses some blue on milk. the blue I didn't, milk. I missed it. And, <laughs> and my wife turned to me and she was like, blue milk. And I was like, oh my God. How did I not even know? Which means that it's it was like there. an interplanetary thing. It's it not is. native to Tatooine. Like you go to the grocery store and they've got blue milk. Yeah. That's just what or they Banthas. Do. They might have Banthas on um on what was that? Uh, uh whatever that planet was that they were <laughs> on, um, with Mads Mickelson. Um also kind of nice to see Mads Mickelson, who I really enjoy as an actor. Nice to see him as not a scary psychotic guy. But he still needs a movie. He is his character is is just not that in this film. Yeah. So what? Okay, so let's talk. But Danny, about, go ahead. Let's, yeah, let's Danny, Danny, I, unload on Danny this open up the the, the, floodgates. the, floodgates. the floodgates. Okay, yeah. look, I I don't want to bag on the whole movie. Here is the biggest problem, the thing that I I hated the yeah. most, and it's and it's pretty specific. But I imagine I will not be alone. Uh, is the uncanny valley problem? It is so intense, and and the specifics, of course, uh, if you've seen the movie, is that uh, there is a CGI Peter Cushing in this movie. And it just besmirched the honor of Peter Cushing for me. I was so angry. I love Peter Cushing. He's such a talented actor. Um, I like I like that character. I like Grand Moff Tarkin. And I just, there's a moment where I just thought he was going to be there for five seconds. You know, he's standing there. You kind of see his face in the in the in a reflection. And I thought, oh, so he's just going to have a, a there's going to be a conversation where his back is always turned. And that'll be the end. And then he turns around, and I was like, ah! I literally <laughs> thought I was going to jump out of my seat because it's so creepy and unsettling. Like, well, it really was the true dictionary definition of the Uncanny Valley for me. It looked awful. Okay. I don't, agonizingly bad for me. I, didn't, I, I did not find it that uh, revolting. I mean, I agree. Oh. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> it was definitely hanging on to the cliff of the Uncanny Valley. He is an important character leading into that story, so I understand why he found, was there. My God, they could have found a way. I just look. You, here's the thing. I I guess I could have I could have settled on one scene, but like they get to the end of it, and I thought, oh, that was painful. But thank goodness it's over. And then you know, 20 minutes later, there he is again. I, like there's four scenes and it's, with him. The thing with me is every I think, time I feel like it's getting so close. It's getting so close. Like, but it's there still be a not of shots there. where he hasn't started talking yet. And like the texture of the face and this, everything looked great. 
And it's just the movement. It's like anytime. Is this your major gripe about the movie? This as is well? one of my two major gripes. One of your two major gripes. And my second major gripe is a is a total minor gripe, but I made it major because it bugged me. Oh, but, we we can talk. Wait, we, well, we should. Well, wait. Okay, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk on Candy yeah. Valley first. Let's but no, yeah. So and and you know to get into the major spoiler territory, they do it again. At right. the end of the film, you see Princess Leia, uh, and it's young CGI Carrie Fisher, and. At that point, it's just like, oh no, why? And but but I, I guess like, on one hand, I did find it distracting, you know, a little bit. But on the other hand, I admire the fact that they tried, and I think that we are pretty like. If you look at Star Wars, there are effects in Star Wars that aren't good, and there's makeup effects in Star like A New Hope that even in the seventies. We're kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. you know. So I, just, it's, it's trans- a standard that we're hold- over time so much better to me. Yeah, but Star Wars is always known for, even in the prequels, you know, for a story, a, a very thin story, story that's not even really there in many ways. They were at least trying to push forward. Star Wars has always been trying to push forward uh, with technology and what effects can be done, and I think that this is another example of that and no it's not perfect it's it's fascinating but it's not perfect um but i liked the character for being there it didn't take me out of the movie it was odd but it did not take me out of the movie the princess leia at the end was more of a um i had i had Harder time accepting that one. That was was more of a disconnect, and I think that that was one where they certainly could have just gone with the uh, from the back rear view shot, yeah. with the rear shot of uh, of her. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm stuck on rear veil. shot for some reason <laughs> on her veil. I, I think rear shot, and I think Danny because how much, oh, I'm how much Danny likes. <laughs> That's a technical term. It is a technical uh, term. Yeah, they could have just gone I... with her with the veil on, and and clearly been her. We already knew that. That's who. Bail Organa uh, trusted, but that one was a little more um, st- striking in a not great way. But I was okay with the uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, Governor Tarkin, <laughs> and he's been a character again in a show that I've really come to enjoy, Rebels. Rebels, and and it really kind of flows out of that and into a new hope. And I gotta say, like, even though I agree, I kind of agree with Danny on the the effect. I didn't like the effect, but. I liked the written relationship between Tarkin and Krennic, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's Krennic, who is, and I read somewhere else in a review where they said that even his accent isn't as refined as what you're used to from an Imperial person, which kind of gives the impression that he's this like, I don't know. Wait, who, Krennic? Krennic. Krennic. Yeah. What a rube, yeah. by the way. Total rube. But but the thing is, no, yeah, but he's yeah. like, he's, I, get, I got the impression from his character that he was, He's outside of the circle, you yeah. know. He's not a. He's not like maybe he came from a small backwater planet. He's trying to make it in the empire, you know, by being a total jerk. But like, and and but he's not. He's not Tarkin, and Tarkin plays him so hard in such an awesome way. So like in on the written relationship between Tarkin and Krennic and Tarkin's character in the film, I thought was great. It was just the anytime his jaw moved, I was kind of like, Nye. so like I had that reaction <laughs> literally. Nye. So much so that you would have preferred him not being in the movie at all. No, I would have preferred that they just cast somebody. And well, but I know they did it wouldn't that. have been the same. And they I did know... it in the prequels, and they did like a uh, heavy makeup job. And yeah. I forget which prequel it was, but they have Tarkin. Yeah, and and it's and it's rough. It's rough, but it's this is rough too. So it's like you choose your rough. 
you know. And I, I, I just feel like at the end of the day, I mean, the interesting thing will be when we get the super special edition of Rogue One someday when they've actually perfected this technique, and then we can act, then we'll see an actual Tarkin who. Ah, uh, but this, this like is Tarkin. this is the thing that I hate most of all. I don't like that. I know what you literally what you just described makes me crazy, and is the thing about Star Wars that I, I know. despise the most, which is why I'm a purist. And I'm obsessed with the despecialized editions because I believe in the concept of the original intent. You know, even if the author thinks, "Oh, I want to change it later," I'm well, I'm still the author. I was like, "Well, I don't." Do you care. feel that way care. about the Star Star Trek um, uh, remastered ones where they well they cleaned up some of the effects? The and thing they is, did... so like for, for example, for the original series, I don't like the the CGI changes. Uh, Next gen, they didn't actually change much. They changed season two has this problem, and I actually feel that you could notice it where they they subtracted some um, of the original effects and put in new ones. And I can see the difference because I'm a crazy person and obsess over such things. But yeah, it does it does bother me a little bit. It depends on what it is. The TOS stuff really bugs me. Um, but yeah, the original Star Wars, I don't li- mind. Literally, just downloaded the 2.7 edition of the Despecialized. Mm-hmm. Um and fight me. I've bought the original version. I still have the Blu-ray versions, even though I don't watch them, just to make myself feel morally in the right. Um, I still, I prefer watching it that way. Every new way to make sure that the color looks right, to make sure that they're able to sub in uh, a digital effect out and sub back in what the original intent was, the closer you can get to how it looked in 1977, is just, I don't know. There's something about it to me that really is important. So I don't like the idea of, well, we'll fix it later. It's, well, no, I wasn't saying. I was. You know, no, no, no. I, 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 the, I know what you were saying. Technology will improve, Catch up and then at some like, point. I, I don't. I don't I'm want not, some I'm of not the super special by... edition. I don't care. So uh, there's the scene where uh, Jin is. They're having this big council meeting with Mon Mothma and all these people, and they're talking about should we go to war, <laughs> should we whatever. And first of all, I got to say, I love the Mon Calamari that were in this film. They were amazing. They're my favorite. The uh, diversity, even in Mon Calamari, yes, in this film, yes. you know, this is a very diverse Star Wars. Movie. But Sorry, uh, there's a scene, and Jin gives her plan, and at some point, there's a there's a voice there's a voice from off screen that goes, "What is she proposing?" And <laughs> what does like, the girl even want? No, but it, like that. what like, is she proposing? Yeah. Is the exact line, and said like that, "What is she proposing?" And it's like, better. She was already proposing it. You don't need this. I don't know, like what meeting someone was sitting in where they were like, you know, we really need someone to ask that question in this scene. Okay, in order to get I it noticed across. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. That did make me laugh. I wanted more of it, actually. What did she say? I was, could you speak up about him? Yeah. I'm all the way that in the scene, back. That scene is a little clunky overall. and But I, I like it because, again, we get back, we got back into, you know, talking in the first podcast about how uh, it – it makes the Rebel Alliance more complex. Yeah. There are factions. There are people who don't agree that going to war is the way to go, and you really see that in there, and that part is cool. But it's just her participation in that scene is weird. Who are really... I, I, I liked it. Uh, I liked seeing this. How the Rebel Alliance could really easily fall apart at any minute. Yeah. But, like, in that scene, or the aftermath of that scene, we were just like, ah, screw it. You know, the Alliance is dead. Uh, let's just live, uh, live life under the Empire. Yeah. Or, uh, you know... We're not. We're not gonna. I mean, the, so much so that the the entire third act and and arguably the entire uh, original trilogy now is um, motivated by people breaking rank, you know, yeah. and going off on their own to uh, steal these plans. Can we talk about the third act like in detail now? Because what yeah. are you proposing? I'm propo- <laughs> Holy crap! It's like a it's a Star War. 
It's it is. the most Star Wars, Star Wars we've seen, and it goes on for like 30 minutes. It's amazing. Do you think this was a it political was so movie? Exciting. Um no. Yeah, not in the way that other people kept saying that it was. Yeah. I was really sort of floored by this idea that it was because both sides have been saying this. You know, the hashtag dump Star Wars and the and the more social justice driven folks both thought that this was super super political. Did you feel that way? I didn't. I didn't feel that it was had a political message. Um, but I certainly saw. You know, we had. The uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, whose name I now saw Guerrero. Thank you. So, who I really uh, enjoyed. Um, I know you. Really uh, I liked him to a point, but he was his so voice much. started getting a little. Dude, he's he's <sighs> like barely, he barely has a body at this point. Uh, I know, you know? but it, well, it just yes, got Well, it's the it's the parallel, you know. They, yeah. They the, said, well, we got to have a rebel Vader. Yeah, rebel Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but his rebel insurgency, Vader. the the imagery. I mean, I enjoyed it. I. I I thought it was we got a, a lot bit, of two tubes. It was I a, love all the two tubes. Man. It, it was a bit on the nose, but you know, obviously, we we saw a lot of like, here's uh, your Vietnam War sequence. Here's your you know Iraq War, Gulf War uh, imagery. Here's you know like we saw a lot of that, but but I overall liked it. I mean, I I thought Gareth Edwards did a nice job of saying, oh like shit, like things are this is an ugly yeah. war. This is an actual war. This isn't just lightsabers. And Samurai. Well, and that's why I liked Saw Gerrera, because he's messed up. Like, there's a scene where he, he suddenly gets this paranoid freak out that Jin is there to kill him. You know, and it's weird. It's a really weird moment, but it it worked for me, because it's like, this is what happens when you live in this state of constant war, and you've lost, like, three quarters of your body fighting it. You yeah. know, you go a little crazy, and, and I, I dug that. Well, and even, he even tortured the guy that showed up to help him. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I just I feel like that was one of those points where I thought there was more of this. This was one of the things that oh, I felt sure. really got cut out because I just there wasn't a lot of saw for me. Right. Um. So I felt that um he's a little bit lacking because I feel in Gareth's original cut, original vision, I think that was a that my gut says that was a bigger character. Well, and he was connected to the Clone Wars TV show. Um. So he connects. Uh. You know the. The animated series, which is now canon. Um, so, yeah, I think there's probably more Saw there. Um, so, was can, there... Can an... I make fun of Krennic real quick? Yeah, Can please. I just make fun of him? He's such a dummy. I mean, I, it's actually very interesting that you put it in the terms of he's just a, that little bit of an outsider. Yeah. And that he's so desperate to get in. But what makes him so dumb is that he keeps going, is the Emperor coming? What about the Emperor? <laughs> oh, boy, ha-ha. Like, you know, that But he's that, just... to me, rings so true of some of some people in bureaucracies, yeah. you know? It's like he's trying He's trying so hard to suck up, and Tarkin but doesn't even what, have to do that. Tarkin just has to make a, a phone call. What a sucker, man. Yeah. And I, but I thought, who does that? Who says, can't wait for the Emperor to show up? I mean, where was... They literally should have had a scene just... just like the stormtroopers that kind of move away slowly from Kylo Ren when he has his, his weird emo yeah. boy freak out. Um, they really should have had a moment where he, he, he said, is the Emperor coming? Is the Emperor coming? And someone should have been behind him being like, you know, like, <laughs> like cut it out, man. Be cool. Be cool. You be know, cool. <laughs> come on. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. I'll tell don't you. Don't make it weird. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you've got to, I don't know why you're crushing on him so hard, but like you do not want this, friend. It's just uh, really weird. Yeah, I mean, but that I mean that's something that Vader even calls out to, you know, with his little force choke that's moment. That's the best. What is the line, Adam? Vader's line is, "Be careful not to choke on your ambition." <laughs> yes, he's he's, he's, well, he's choking him. You, you, you started laughing, and I said, uh, 
that's a dad joke. <laughs> but he's a dad. Because he doesn't know that he's a dad yet. I wonder if that was the but moment he the realized. Thing, yeah. Like, he made that joke and he was like, I wonder if those kids survived. Maybe I have a secret son. You know? Yeah. Like, because did he have a sense? Dad jokes. He was sensing it. He was sensing Time it. Time to with break his... out the cargo but shorts. So, so, and... yeah. <laughs> so that's the two Vader. Hawaiian get... shirts. And... Yeah. Two... Wait a second. You just described me. <laughs> that's I'm right. not a dad. <laughs> or are you? Dad is oh, with God. you. <laughs> no, uh, and that's so. That's our one Vader scene. The other Vader scene, though, is amazing. The the hack and slash yes scene at the end. Um, I thought it was amazing. I was I was blown away by that. Eh. I Danny, damn it! <laughs> no, I no. Listen, I I like seeing unleashed Vader. Just uh, well, okay. That that final sequence, uh, I that really worked for me because it directly leads into a new hope. Very uh, much. And and. I love seeing that moment before Vader, because we see Vader in, in A New Hope emerge after he's basically wiped all these guys out. Yeah. And I like that these guys are trying to pass the data card onto the next person and just, you know, they're they're getting wiped out. But seeing Vader, yeah, just sort of kick a lot of ass uh, with his, his force maneuvers. Um, although somebody online, this was not my original thought, I noticed uh, somebody said online, we see Vader in A New Hope all of his fighting is with two-handed samurai style. I talked about that on the way out. I was talking with some other friends of mine who I saw the film with about that same thing. Yeah. It's like by that point, Vader's all shuffling around and not fighting very yeah. powerfully. And in this movie, which is literally probably a week before that scene, yeah. he's he's kicking all kinds of ass. But then so again, it might just it, it could then speak again, to who he's fighting, what his motivation is at the moment, versus just being sort of pissed off. Well, like, and you got to just accept it, because the Empire, he, he's back to fighting like yeah. a badass again when he fights Luke. So, And it was just cool to see Vader, like, you've only seen him fight um, people, other Jedi, mm-hmm. or other other Force users, other lightsabers. Not even that many. Really. Yeah. yeah. So to see him just wipe out a whole squad of, of you know, Star Wars muggles, for lack of a better yeah. term, um, I thought was really cool, and it, it's it comes. It's kind of like you don't expect it. It comes out of nowhere. Then the light. He's in the dark, and the lightsaber illuminates everything, and you're just like, "Oh my god, it's gonna yeah. get real," you know. It's sort of like he's had a bad day at work. Yeah, <laughs> and this is just his way of unwinding. You know, like I probably shouldn't kill all of my stormtroopers. I'm getting a bad reputation about that. So let's just go, go kill, kill some, some rebels. rebels very easily, just like slicing through them uh, like hot butter. Um, or a knife, hot knife through butter. I don't know. With a lightsaber, Something like that. somebody, yeah, people die. Uh, but what about R two D two and C three PO? They have to be in there. They have. They're to be in, in every film. There, and this is this is we can get to the whole fan service thing because we can yeah. really get into it. Like, a lot of fan service. Oh my god! Like when Gold Leader showed up, and it's footage from I think it's I footage from the original film. I did too. It's, I thought it was footage, really yeah. cool. Yeah, but. Uh, they have several pilots in this in the mm-hmm. battle over uh, that planet that I can't remember the name of now. Sir, Scarif? Sir Yes, thank you. Um, that are from the original trilogy. I yeah. thought that was neat. And and you know what? I'm not bothered by three PO and R two being in there. It's, and Walrus Man. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I I did like seeing those that. guys. Although they had to really, when you think about it, they had to hustle to get off of. Uh, Jedi and get the tattoo to get the tattoo yeah. because right after we see them, Jedi is pretty much wiped out. That's true. Red Death Star. That's true. So they must have hopped on a freighter. But beyond that, like <laughs> there was, a, there were a couple nods to um, the Rebels TV show. Yeah. In the background, we hear a call out to uh, Admiral, I think, uh, Sindula or General Sindula, who is a character in Rebels. 
I did not see this, but you see the droid chopper uh, move across screen. Really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see, see it. I, I read on it. I read about it online. Um, you can see the ghost, uh, or what looks like the ghost freighter, um, in the final fight against Scarif. I thought I heard in the background a call out to Captain Antilles. Yes, uh, Wedge Antilles. Yeah, which is not Rebels, but uh, well, he sort of is now. Well, no, um, but I think that that is a. Isn't there another Antilles who's pi- who captains the uh, blockade runner? Well, that... Wedge. Uh, well, Wedge Antilles is an original trilogy character. Oh no, I know that, but I'm saying like I I, I don't know. I thought because uh, it's Bail Organa who says that he goes. <laughs> this is my favorite moment. Bail Organa is like, well, I have to get back to Alderaan. And it's just like, no. Maybe, maybe you bail. shouldn't bail. Maybe you should stick around. Maybe you should bail on that idea. <laughs> hey, uh, that's a good, good night, one. everybody. My, my bad pun. Normally, it's you that that uh, gets those off. Well, maybe. I already. I mean, I nothing can yeah. stop the rogue lost. That's that, the that's end. true. Yeah. After that, when I felt I wasn't really allowed to make any more for the next. <laughs> I feel years. bad. I feel bad because like Aaron and I are sitting here geeking out over the movie, and Danny, it, it must be it's, a hard. Experience I don't. For no, you. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm fine with not liking movies. I, you know, I don't go into a, a movie theater thinking I can't wait to hate this movie. Right, but, right, sure. But if I don't like a movie, I don't really, you know, how many movies come out in a year? It's okay, you know. And how many Star Wars movies do I love? Still, a lot of them, you know. Right. But let's talk about what what you said you did like the uh, uh, Chariot and uh, Baz Bay's uh, uh, relationship. So, so I think what's sort of interesting is that um, they they play them very close. Um, I don't think anyone would deny that they, in some way, love each other. They leave it kind of open. Yeah. For me, I there was a moment where I thought, these guys together, they don't ever say so. And uh, you know, honestly, I'm actually fine leaving it there, where you could interpret it how you want to. In my heart, I, I thought, you know, maybe they're in love. They could be. They're very. I mean, they're really close. It was such a Han Chewy. Even though I know that we're supposed to see like. Uh, Cassian and K2 as sort of the Han Chewy dynamic, you know, the the buddies. Um, I felt like those two kind of had I, like what that. I, what I kind of like about it is that it's actually a very different role of yeah. the guy on that idea. But they, they are close in a way that I actually don't know that Han and Chewy even are. Right. There's something about it. They really sure. they really get something across. That that's why I like that so much. And yeah. I especially got that impression at the end when you know since we're in spoiler yes, territory yes. when Chirrut dies and or is dying and. And basically, holding freaks them out. And, yeah, you like, know the whole that moment. I mean, it could just be that they're super, super close. Oh, I don't mean just. I, I mean that it could be these, anything. These two have history, right? Like, yeah. As in, like, there's a lot of uh, stories that have passed between them. Sure. And we don't know whether it's it's a romantic relationship, whether it's like just as close friends or brothers or warriors or whatever, guardians of the will or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it, I certainly felt it. Um, when uh, Chirrut dies, and and uh, Baze is like there, I felt it a lot less so. With I was also meant to feel some kind of bond between uh, Jin and uh, and uh, Cassian. Cassian, and that I super did not feel. There was sort of an awkward, almost romantic tension, which I'm like, oh, no, but I, I, wish I, that- I, I liked the way they handled it. Because it's like there could have been something there, but it's a war. There's a war on. There was like you know? a pseudo so they, kiss, right, or no. almost kiss. They sort of make it seem as though though they could. All right, so here, all right, this is my take on the the narrative push as opposed to the the character push. Here's (laughs) what I think they decided to do, and I have very mixed feelings about it. They um they made a choice in this film, and this is the biggest spoiler I think we can possibly say. 
Nobody gets out of this alive. Everybody dies. Yeah. Gold so, leader makes it out. Gold leader makes it out. But <laughs> but every the characters we were following, everyone we were supposed to care about, kicks it. Nobody nobody makes it to the end of this movie. And I almost wonder if they reserve a little bit. They pull us a little bit away from these characters so it's not so agonizingly terrible that it there's no one central figure that you're supposed to get so close to. So, you know, I feel it It does, when, when Chariot and Bays go out, you're bummed. When Kay bites it, you're bummed. But I feel as though it's part of it being so plot-driven as opposed to character-driven makes it so that it's not so agonizing, that it doesn't make it all seem so pointless when they die because they're gone, but they've accomplished what is going to now lead into the original Star Wars. Um, it was kind of bold, I thought. Uh, it, it is. Definitely. I, I, I feel was not very. It at all. I feel very mixed on it. It certainly is bold. I really, because that was the thing. I remember thinking at some point, especially as the third act started, I said, you know, if this wasn't a Disney joint, I'd say that everyone's going to die here. And when they did, I was like, wow, damn Disney. I did not think that you would do that. So, yeah, it was very bold. I mean, it was certainly more bleak than even Empire. You know, as absolutely, bad as absolutely as bad as or as dark as Empire gets, you know, there is hope at the end. And I mean, as much as they were hammering home the hope theme in that, right? I mean, this is this is again the war. This is the the soldiers on the ground, not the royalty or the Skywalker family or whatever. It's that regular people die and uh, go out without any kind of celebration because nobody really knows that these were the heroes, right? I mean, like, there may be some vague awareness of Cassian and maybe Jen. Certainly nobody knows Cherit and uh, and Baze. And then the pilot whose name... Bodhi. Yeah, Bodhi or K2. You know, like, so... And, and even the intricacy of the fact that they knew how to stop the Death Star doesn't even really make it right. out. Like, it just... It really gives you, in a way that even... The, a new hope doesn't gives you an impression of how desperate the situation was for the rebellion at that point. It's like, you know, admittedly I saw a new hope when I was two years old, but for the first time. So I don't know how much I was processing any of this, but the idea that if they hadn't gotten those plans and figured out a way to blow up the death star, like it would have been over. Mm -hmm. Like the empire would have just crushed everything. And I didn't get that impression from star Wars as much as I got it from rogue one. Like, Row One really drives that home. It's funny because, you know, the movie seems like it's going to have this happy ending, and then suddenly, even for the, even for the, the Mon Calamari cruisers are going to get away, and then suddenly Vader shows up in his Death Star, and the Death Star, or the Vader shows up in his Star Destroyer, the Death Star shows up, and just they just wipe mm-hmm. everything out, and everybody, and it's like, wow, it is really not good. And you didn't like, think, like, they take out two Star Destroyers, so you think, oh, like, things, yeah. are, things are looking pretty yeah. good for the, you know... Yeah. And then it's like, no, nope. nope, they're not. Things are things are bad. Things are really, really bad. It's like they pulled out the, the big guns at that point. It's like you know the empire was just like, all right, we're done messing around now. Here's everything. And and uh, but I will say one of the things that I re- and talking about ways that it connected to the original film, I love about this film that it solved one of the biggest nerd gripes about A New Hope ever, which is the the flaw in the Death Star. Such an obvious. Like, oh, why would you build a desk, uh, big space station with this obvious flaw that was easily exploited? And it's like, because it was an inside job the whole time. 
And I, lo- I loved that. I thought that was really a clever way to address that complaint. Or, or even addressing that complaint, I thought, was an interesting and clever idea. Well, even the the Mads Mikkelsen character, uh, Galen Erso, um, his when he was talking in the hologram about, okay, you know, I accepted my fate. I accepted this is what I got to do. So I would be the best doing it because someone else was going to do it. Like, that kind of rang true to me. That that yeah. made that was a choice by a character to work on the inside and try to bring it down from the inside, which I felt I felt like that was uh, authentic, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but yeah, I I really like this movie. I like I want to go back and, and see it again. And I think I mean it's interesting because I even thinking about the characters, I think that interestingly enough, Jen is the one who gets the least development. Even though she's yeah. the protagonist, because like even Cassian, like you get that scene at the beginning where he kills that informant in cold blood, you know, and he gets his little speech about how he's been in the war since he was six years old and he's lost a lot and all this stuff, and you know we don't we see some of that with Jin and, and her story, but it's not as developed. I felt like so I can see that that complaint being a thing. She's a little bit more like of a cipher. That that was a real problem for me. Is yeah. that I felt that she was as close to a protagonist as we were supposed to have, and I just did not feel that she was terribly well developed at yeah, all. Yeah, I felt I felt like Cassian was more of the the hero here. But even he, I don't know, he kind of confounded me. I wasn't sure how I felt about him killing somebody so early on. That made me feel really, it's it's interesting because it's supposed to be sort of, you know, a throwback to Han Solo right. killing Greedo, but the circumstances are so different. Uh, and um, here's another thing that was driving me nuts. It's just there are weird little moments in this film that would take me out. Uh, so um, he's supposed to, Cassian, kill Galen or so. That's his mission. And he has a moment where he's got him in the line of sight and he is doubting himself, doubting whether or not this is the right thing to do. And I thought, well, you know, just to your right is Krennic. But he's a bad guy. You kill him. But we had a, I, we discussed this last night, didn't we? Or did we, I discuss we, it we, we did, but I don't know. What, because that, the thing that is, he's just a bureaucrat. Yeah. But you you kill the guy who's building the weapon, not the guy who's like running the. But office. if you but if you decide like oh I, well I've decided I'm not going to kill this dude, but you, Krennic is still. In, I don't believe that the rebellion has a full sense of the fact that he's a bit of a rube. I don't know if they really know that. No, but if you're he's, told he's made if, his way pretty high up, he's got a cape, Adam. But if <laughs> the cape, yeah, the cape. Well, it's impressive too how his cape grows over time because then he goes to pick up Galen the first time. It's just like waist high, and then. But anyway. No, but I think that that's the thing. It's like well, he's really he's really cape. really compensating as you've, he goes. Yeah, it's the cape is cape definitely too? compensating. But he's, you've he's been, capensating. Oh, we just that's as, almost there as good as Iconosite. There you go. Bam. But no, so uh, but if you're told that this one guy Galen Urso is the only scientist in the galaxy who can build these weapons and can make this thing happen, why would you kill it? Why would you be like, well, I guess I'll shoot somebody else. Like, why not shoot a random stormtrooper? You know, like it's it's. I see, I don't, but I don't believe that. I think that Krennic is not a random stormtrooper. But yeah. I also don't think these guys have their crap together enough to know who's who. Um, he's got a cape, man, and he's got all the he's like, got all the pips. He did have the cape. Just go for the cape yeah, but guy. he was seeing it in night vision, so he didn't know what color his pips were. Come on, man. true. He's a, oh. It's all about the pips. <laughs> or I'm pretty sure that they they knew he was a high up. I don't know how you. I mean, yeah. The thing is that having seen the movie from an audience perspective, you can see that he is not as powerful as his rank suggests. But I think that you would at least know what his rank was. And that he was involved because it's really it's the two of them. Yeah. You know, he's 
the whole beginning of the movie is that he goes to find um uh, uh oh my goodness Galen, Galen to 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 come and bring him back. By the way, here's a here's another thing that that bugged me is that they set some stuff up and then they drop it. Um, there's a weird suggestion that um there is an importance to Jin. It's sort of suggested by Galen that they don't understand that it's not that it's not Galen that that knows everything. It's not just Galen. There is a suggestion that you know, much as um the Force is strong in the Skywalker family, that the science is strong in the Erso family, and that they're all super smart. And um the her mother, uh, Alira Erso, gives um uh, gives Jin uh. A necklace. Oh, the Kyber and, crystal. And, and yeah, and they refer to the crystal and stuff. And it's just, I said, is this going somewhere? Is this about something? No. I did think that the, the necklace thing was very much dropped, other than as a way for uh, Chariot to recognize her somehow. But um, I just, I listen. Per, I, this is definitely a personal thing. But I had this weird sense that uh, Jin sort of had a, a more interesting fit than just getting the the information out and dying there. Um, I thought it would have been more interesting if she, if if her dad didn't actually finish the mission, if he'd come up with a way to mess the, with the Death Star, but that even though it was working, that not everything had been, it still wasn't quite finished being built, and they were that's why they were only able to destroy parts of planets, not the whole thing, and that he says, you know, I've started the process that would lead to creating a, a critical um failure in in the dynamic of this. My point is that I would have really liked it if the movie had ended not on her death, but on her having to continue her father's mission, that she is See, now in the, my, my, inside of the Death Star, and she has to continue finishing that process that, of actually making yeah. it so that there would be a way. I think that is one. I don't need a movie is very much about is war. And, and, you know, someone got made fun of for putting a headline about that earlier this week. You know, at last, it's a Star Wars movie that's about war. And everyone's like, oh, it's always been about war. Ha ha, you're an idiot. And it's like, no, I think what the person was trying to say is like about what war does to people and what war does to groups and what war does to your psyche. And like the fact that Jen, yes, probably could have been something bigger and better and, you know, more developed. But there's a war on and she doesn't get the chance because she's living in this in this time where she has to sacrifice in order to, you know, help overthrow this oppressive regime. And I think that that. That to me was striking, and maybe I'm I'm extrapolating. I don't as know I that it makes. I don't, it, I'm not trying to make her a, a full on chosen one. No, no, I, don't know I know that, that. She's, I know she's that. chosen her destiny. I just I wanted something a little more defined from her. I guess as you know, and that's it's one path. I get yeah. this. What I don't, you know, I didn't mean to to pull a. Uh, I could have written it better because <laughs> that that is that is bullshit. Yeah. No, I agree um, that she's probably the least defined for me of of all the characters. Well, there are certain I, I, things they don't set up. Like there's a scene where she has to jump through a, a like do this acrobatic move through a portal that's opening and closing. And in in some movies, you would get a scene earlier in the film where she's like running along rooftops and pulling off acrobatic moves so you know she can do that. So when she did it, I was kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was something that she was capable of. Yeah. You, know, you didn't quite get that development. I, so, yeah, again, I didn't really need it. I mean, the thing that I got the most out of her that I uh, that struck me was that basically this this girl, this woman has been sort of like a discarded pawn, you know. Right. Uh, her father tried to save her, sets her up with Saw, but, he, you know, he raises her, but then there's a point where he says, oh, you know, I figured you'd be safer on your own. But it's really that she was a, a liability for him, you know, so he had to get rid of her 
because she would have been a threat to his own insurgency, his own like uh, rebel tactics. Yeah, but everything. that sort of tell don't tell not show makes me crazy. That really bugged me that they just sort of revealed it because I did. There was no point in which I thought, okay, that that was something that I was shown about her. I saw that through her actions or whatever. Because you really jump from she's a kid, she's hiding, and the next thing she's you know off to some kind of prison or whatever and or a slave camp or you know work camp or whatever and i thought man wouldn't it have been nice to see her get in trouble so that i know what she did something that would have shown her charisma and her abilities um that not that she's against the empire in a rebellious way but you know that was that was one of the things that was in the trailer where you know she you know where she says i rebel and that's not in the movie she never says that you know and i i thought well that's odd I don't know. There's just there is this uh, puckish rogue quality. I thought she could have had something that could have made her m- more enigmatic and more more charismatic, and I don't know that I would feel more drawn to her. I felt uh, it just it moved along at the right pace for me. So, oh, and I, I thought it was kind of flabby. It really flabby and spy. Or they jump because the first twenty minutes, it's like now we're on this planet. Oh, they, now we're on yeah, this planet. They jumped now, around. I'm a lot. over here now. Like. I, I just overall I thought like okay where where am I gonna cut something and add something like, uh, it it worked for me I don't think it was perfect but it it worked for me for this kind of story, uh, so yeah I I just don't know where I, I feel like once you start adding in a lot of that backstory and everything or flashbacks or whatever like it just starts changing that story and becoming something else and, and maybe I just I had too I had too many why questions that I didn't feel were answered yeah. and some of them were you know were more complex than others uh, and, is, some of, and some of them were simple like why Sogro as he, as the whole planet starts to collapse everybody else is trying to get away and he's just like nah I'm just going to sit here and die and I thought why because thought, he's uh, one quarter of a human being uh, I, I that made sense to me as far as hard man he loves me man a, a guy that like he's been at war like war is hell like it's it's yeah. just taking a toll on him and he's willing to let go like this is the end of his journey that did not feel earned to me personally but I, well you were wrong no <laughs> well here's the thing is that i know check I, and here's make. the thing is that i know all the ways that could have made a better film but i'm not going to tell you guys what they are mm-hmm. so i could totally make this film amazing like so that no one would disagree about it, but I, I just I'm gonna keep it to myself. Hold back, yeah, such a tease, uh, such right. a tease. War, war never uh, changes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, any other like any other thoughts about this uh, this this movie, this Rogue One, a Star Wars story? Any other things that are lingering in your mind, gripes that you have to get out there, or I don't praise you want a lot upon it. Um, How about okay? Well, let me okay, ask you about this. How about like sort of the new additions to the universe? Because we certainly even though this takes place before A New Hope, we we saw a lot of new things, new aliens, new stormtroopers. There was, you know, oh, wait, two or three types of stormtroopers, new vehicles. Is there a throwaway line that sort of suggests that, that, um, that Kay's run of, of robots is going bye-bye, that they're that they're retiring them? No. Um, Who is, so they said something about retiring something. That was that was an Easter egg. Um, it's So two stormtroopers are lo- walking along saying, like, oh, hey, did you hear that the— uh, like the T15 uh is getting retired it's like about time it's obsolete and then those guys get decked well that's like a direct call out to in a new hope where there's two stormtroopers chatting along saying like hey did you hear about the new uh T16 model 
of oh I didn't even realize Peter, that. and that's yeah. and they're chatting along and then that's when Obi Wan takes them out that's or funny. distracts them. I didn't so, even realize that that was what it was. I, a new thing, I thought yeah. because I sat there and I thought you know like um, that would this, explain this, this model of robot. Uh, we don't ever see it again. So yeah. where it where it where Maybe it where it they went? Know that it was able to be reprogrammed, and so they stopped using it because they were like, "This yeah. this is a security risk." Right, but the degree just, that you have to go to. No, I, know, I just I I pulled that backflip right out. You didn't even see it. That's that's kind of no. What I literally I watched it. Like, it. I watched you do it. The kids yeah. <laughs> at home didn't see you literally do a flip, but you did. Yeah. But I liked the new. Editions. It was impressive. I liked the new droids. Yeah. I liked the seeing the death troopers or the. Uh, and the the scarif sort of uh, beach troopers. I like seeing these new things, even though they I like the, sort of. The, I like the the new ATATs. That was cool. With the yeah. hole in the middle. That's kind of neat. I think. Yeah. I mean, they looked different in general because they were sort of on a different kind of terrain too. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It was fine. The third act was definitely the strongest act. It was exciting. It was certainly exciting. Some cool battle, battle sequences. Scene. Yeah. Nice seeing like a tropical beachfront property too, and yeah. leave it to the to the empire to like. Keep those nice sweet spots for themselves. And well, Vader's a, castle was pretty sweet. See, this too. is what happened. Oh, that was redonkulous. That was amazing. Where, where he's literally hanging out by the lava, and you think, man, you're Darth Vader. I know what happened to you with some lava, dude. Why are you there? Well, those things I'd be, therapy, I would be not there. Therapy, baby. There, there was a lot of stuff that calls out to um, original script things from Lucas. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie designs. Ralph yeah. McQuarrie designs. Like, uh, Vader was always supposed to have a castle. I just, you uh, know, had a couple castles. that would be like if I had a, a, a castle made of spiders. I'm, af- I'm afraid of spiders. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. I'm, and you're more spider than man now? Yeah. And now I'm more <laughs> spider than it's just It's just, yeah, I am more spider than I don't know. Than that man. makes sense to me. That seems like a very Vader thing to See, do. See, and what Jen and Cassian like needed, much. one thing they needed was a fridge. If they'd had a fridge and they got in the fridge, they could have gotten blown to some <laughs> tropical <laughs> island on Scarra and been fine. That's okay. Yeah. That's That was the thing that we discussed is that secretly they had the Joe versus the volcano ending. Yeah. Wherein they jumped into the volcano and then the volcano blows them back out. So they're fine. They're fine, they're you know. They didn't existing. actually die. And they they actually, become raised parents, of course. They, they, yeah, they, they they popped out of the water, and 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 uh, and Cassian's luggage was there. But then he thought he had a brain cloud, but he didn't have a boy. This is for the five people that really like Joe versus the volcano. I happen to really like Joe. Yeah, versus the volcano. so he's yeah, he so. thinks he has the brain cloud, but he doesn't. Who has a, Who thinks that the brain cloud is a real thing? That's weird. <laughs> I would believe it if someone said I had a brain cloud. I would be like, it makes sense. But you all know. right, all right. A- anyway, what more Joe is there the to volcano. say? I know that's that. It, we'll hold this, that for this, another the secret. Podcast. Joe Bosa versus the volcano um, ending of Rogue One. This, the extended. It's a very odd and unexpected ending to our spoiler-filled uh, conversation of uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, let us know what you guys think about Rogue One, and sure, why not Joe versus the volcano? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll pick up that conversation later. Uh, let us know you you know how to reach out to us. Social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and also at Blaster.com. Leave something in the comments. Subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. Say hi to Adam. Adam, one more time, where can people find you? Sure. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at RockTheFaces. Really? Yeah, I just joined the Snapchats. The Snapchat. You missed that last week. That was my new thing. Is it going to be just one Snapchat after another of, like, old man yells at cloud? Pretty much. Yeah, Here's (laughs) this is my angry face, and that's going to be it, yeah. Uh, And... Uh, Danny, you can find me at Butts of Instagram. No, um, Jesus. Uh, 
It's at, at uh, Danny Ordinary, Danny with one N, Ordinary also with one N, at Twitter and Instagram, and not Snapchat. Yeah. Sorry, millennials. Yeah, I'm at Aaron Sagers on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and I'm actually on Snapchat, but my Snapchat game is not strong. Oh, I didn't so. say I was good at it. I just yeah. said I'm there. Yeah. I just I don't understand it. But, uh, but hey, you can say to, hi to us there and, uh, and watch us fumble awkwardly with uh, this new social media platform. So anyhow, uh, this is Who Won the Week, Rogue One, spoiler-filled conversation. I hope we see you next week for another Who Won the Week. Thanks for listening.